0: This is the Easy Buckets Podcast. This is like a class.
1: Or did you not uh, listen to Chris Oliver speak somewhere?
0: I did. Yeah, I actually met him. Uh, So there was a a coaching clinic down in Kingston, PA uh, that was put on by the Advance the Game Project, which is a a new, you know, a new outfit, I guess you could say. Um, And they had like a one day, a one day coaching clinic and it ended with with Chris Oliver. I was able to actually meet him. Uh, and chat with him for about ten minutes or so at lunchtime. Super nice dude, super personable, and like crazy knowledgeable of the game. Crazy knowledgeable. He put some guys through some drills, and his big thing was decision-based training. So like almost everything has a a, a decision within it. And mm-hmm. his other big thing was like let let guys play right. Like you sign up to you sign up for basketball to play basketball. So as coaches, why are we stop? Why are we over stopping it? Right. And you know, word vomiting, <laughs> like yeah. let kids make mistakes. And I mean, correct them when you have to, uh, but let kids make mistakes and then try to do everything uh, where they have to make a decision. And the decision could be like, you know, how do I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm driving to the, I'm driving to the basket. Like, how do I, how do I get open or how do I, how do I finish? Sure. Right. Not necessarily decisions of like, when should I shoot or when should I not? Um, but yeah, that, that thing was, I was actually going to mention that that's something we, sh- we can talk about. Cause there were some great coaches there. I actually learned, uh, I learned quite a bit from, uh, I was there all day. So obviously I, obviously I wasn't leaving. <laughs> well, uh,
1: what were, what were some of your takeaways from that? Like who else, who else was there? And what,
0: um, what were some of the things that you really liked that you walked away with? The first speaker was, uh, was Izzy Metz from Wilkes, um, and he went over the run and jump press and my biggest takeaway like from that because so he was the first speaker and then the second speaker was the longtime women's coach for Villanova Harry Peretta and I think 2020 was his last year at Villanova um but he was the second speaker and my biggest takeaway probably is not anything that I learned on the court like so so coach Metz was going over his run and jump defense and coach Peretta, who's one of the winningest coaches in college basketball history, men's or women's is taking notes. <laughs> so and it, it was, and, yeah, he's taking notes and asking questions. And it, it was like, it's incredible. Cause like, again, this guy has won like over 700 games yeah, and he's sitting here taking notes. And I, I overheard him say to somebody else, like he goes, uh, I forget who it was sitting next to him, but he goes to the guy, he goes, Oh, I'm glad I'm glad I came for this. He goes, I never saw this taught before. He goes, I talked to Patino about it one time, but I never saw him teach it. He's like, so I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I get to see it. So he's, yeah, he's like, he borrowed a pen and paper off somebody and he's taking notes and popped it in his pocket. It was incredible.
1: I love that about this. Like the, it never stops. People never stop. You never stop like putting it in your brain, taking in new information. That's a great example of just keeping it going.
0: And the, 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 crazier thing is like, he's not like, he helps, he said he was helping out. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, Bonner Prendergast in, uh, in Philly. I that. it's them or, um, new McGretty. I can't remember. And I feel bad that I'm going to get it wrong, but he's helping them out like their boys team. And then he's helping out another small college coach, just a little volunteer work, just a little on the side. Yeah. So like, he, he, but like, he's not even like, he's taking notes and trying to learn and like, mm. he doesn't have like, you know, he doesn't have skin in the game. If you think about it, like yeah it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. He is, he is, uh, Izzy Metz was really good. I learned uh, quite a bit from the run and jump, which I, at that, you know, i never, I certainly have never seen it taught um, and I didn't know much about it. So it was really good for me to to get a look at that. And actually I'd, I'd like to get down to one of his practices um, and see it a little bit more. And then Coach Peretta talked about his uh his five out motion offense, which you can find all over YouTube. That's that's pretty awesome. Um I don't want to miss anybody from I know Trevor Woodruff, former Misericordia men and University of Scranton women's coach, now at Bucknell, uh, Bucknell Women. Uh he talked about man to man defense. Coach Peretta again talked about his zone offense, and then I believe it ended with Chris Oliver. I hope I'm not forgetting somebody.
1: Coach Woodruff. Coach
0: Woodruff is like he's he's excellent, dude. Oh, it was, it was yeah, it was great. I mean, he's
1: he, he's climbed he's climbed his way. He's constantly just constantly climbed his way
0: up 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 a little a little at a
1: time. And everywhere he goes, he does well.
0: Well, the incredible thing and he 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 mentioned it too while he was talking like he he started at Delaware Valley High School. Who's, who's close in our area. Uh, and then he moved on to Lackawanna. It was Lackawanna Junior College at that point. And then Misericordia Men, and then the University of Scranton Women, which which catapulted him to Bucknell. He had, he had phenomenal years at yeah. the University of Scranton. I mean, I think they went to two Final Fours. <laughs> I mean, Pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. But that was that was awesome. Um, I learned a lot from his... his uh, the way he teaches defense and way the way he goes about it. And we don't we don't necessarily agree uh philosophically. Um he was a pack line guy. I'm I'm not a pack line guy, but the way that he goes about it and a couple of the breakdown drills that he showed I really liked as well. That
1: stuff is excellent because you can go and you can watch somebody speak on a topic or or give examples on a topic that you're you feel very familiar with and very confident with. And nothing that they say could be, it could shock you. And then you could see someone else talk about the same topic, but they're just the way they talk about it and their approach and maybe their verbiage is a little different. And it sparks like a, just a different perspective and how you approach that topic. And I love the, I love clinics for that reason. And whether I think feel confident in the topic or not, I'm going to sit there and listen because, like I was, I was looking into stuff a couple weeks ago, and I watched two different coaches talk about the same thing. One guy, I was like, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, I get it. The second guy, and and, and I liked everything this the first guy did. I was like, I, I like all this. Then the second guy, I didn't really like how he applied things, but the way he spoke about it, it was just like from a different perspective, and it made me think about how I could. Use the first guy's stuff with right. this mindset over here. It's like Frankensteining my way through it in my head, it, and I love doing stuff like that. It's so much fun.
0: That's exactly what I was doing when Coach Woodruff was, was talking. Like yeah. I said, he's a, he's a pack line guy, so I'm like, okay, so how do I how do I take this drill or how do I take this thought and apply it to, um, you know, what I want to what I want it to apply to? And I also picked up from him like. It's incredible and I guess it makes sense right these guys do this they do that full time and in reality we probably do it full time as well <laughs>
1: <Pretty> <laughs> the brain close. never shuts off right yeah, but like yeah.
0: every yeah. every single thing or every single part of defense is geared toward the same philosophy like nothing is out of step they're always thinking like does this match up philosophically with what we want to do And I actually asked you guys we so we met as a coaching staff, like a week or two ago, and I asked you guys that we were talking about. Um, I think ball screen coverage. I was like, "Does this yeah. match up with what we want to do philosophically? Is it outside of our realm?"
1: Right. And and I think those are important. I think those are like those are important questions to be asked because if you don't ask those and you just like it, kind of comes back to, I think what we've said in the previous podcast is like you see something you you love it and you want to put it in, but when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, like it has to really fit with the whole philosophy of the things that you do. Otherwise it is a hodgepodge at the end of the day. And any over any, anything that pulls one way, any two things that pull different directions are going to lead to eventual missteps and failures somewhere. So it's so important to get everything headed in the same direction with the same ideas and the same philosophy, but it's also very difficult to do because there's so much, there's so much information. There's so much stuff To apply.
0: It's like, it's almost like you, there's too many scenarios.
1: It's Uh, like going to a restaurant that has a menu that's just too big. And you're like, can we just, (laughs) let's just, what are the five, what are the five things here that you do well? What are those five things? Cause I don't need these other 35. These other 35 are confusing me. It's overwhelming. You know, sometimes it feels like that with this profession.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. There was a there was I was missing. uh, I was missing a coach that that did uh, did do a session there. It was uh, Dustin Van Lu, who's a um, a a skills trainer, Um, and he's you know he's he's trained some guys from the NBA, some some ladies from the WNBA, and his his thing was really cool uh, because it wasn't just like you know he he talked for a little bit and mentioned how his approach is to really take um, the the players fit on their team or in their system and develop skills within that. And he's like yes, there's time to work on things outside of that bag but I forget he said he was going to work with uh, somebody from the bulls I want to say Kobe white, but I could be I could be thinking about something else or mistaking that but anyway he said the first thing he did was he looked at his shot chart. And with synergy, you can get like crazy stats, not only shot char, but you get to be like, Oh, he does, you know, the majority of his shots came off going left off pick and roll for three. So he took like his top three shots and was like, that's all we're going to work on. That's it. And he's like, let's master one thing and then move on to the next. Love it. Um, And he made a good point. He's like, he's like, what do you think mastery is like percentage wise? So if I'm in a gym and I'm doing something, I'm, I'm working on a, uh, you know, say I'm working on corner threes. He's like, "What do you guys think mastery is at that? To truly master a shot, he's like, you should be making 80 percent with no defense." Yeah. And, yeah, and it makes. I mean, it, that's that makes sense. <laughs> makes
1: a lot of sense. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say 70, but yeah, 80. Yeah, because you as soon yeah because it's gonna plummet as soon as you add
0: live play. Yeah, you add any type of defender, or you mm-hmm. also have to play defense, right? <laughs> and now we're just trying to hit that 37 mark. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, but he was he was really good too. I actually stole a couple of drills from him that I've been doing in open gym. And again, he's another guy that was like very decision based. Mm-hmm. So he would work a skill, say it was shooting. He'd work a shooting drill, and then add in a defender. And if you can't get your shot off, then now we have to go by. And right. then he might, and then he'd do the same thing, and then maybe add a help defender coming over. And now you got to work on what are your three finishes you know, floater, slide by, whatever it was. And you got to try to figure out when to use those.
1: That approach to teaching makes so much sense to me. It's like you, you take, you take in all everything and making it like a small, I think Chris Oliver talks about, I think this is his verbiage too, but he's, he's like, make everything a small, small games and small side of games, yeah. games. And when you, when you do that now, now we can add in like the ability to make a decision instead of going through with, no decision make no no defense whatever it is, and it's just this. It's just the first layer of the many layers of decisions that they're going to have to make. But you're making them make it here, right now. It, just the one, and right. just like anything else, like you don't, you know, you crawl before you walk, sort of situation. I, I just love that as as a teaching point. Like I think it makes a lot of sense to me to do things that, that way. It's also sometimes just like everything else we do. It's easy to get cast aside.
0: Do you ever go back and look at clinic notes that you've taken? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. And um, it's funny. It's fun to do because sometimes I'm like, what was I? First of all, we've had this conversation before. You like to handwrite things. Yes. And I'm a a digital guy. Part of the reason for me being a digital guy is I have god-awful handwriting. (laughs) So... (laughs) A lot of my a lot of my notes are digital, but the ones that aren't, it's chicken scratch. So sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I don't even know what I was trying to get at here. But it is fun to do because, you know, if I went to a clinic seven or eight years ago, I've I've like I've grown as a coach, and you could see like the difference in my where my head is at and how I think about things, even in the yeah. way that I wrote them or what I found valuable. What I was what I found valuable then I don't find valuable now. Or there's even there's been a couple there's been a couple nuggets. The one, one of my favorites was um can't remember the guy's name. He he, he works for PGC. But he did a he did a, a a series on like attacking. And it was just like like just some of the verbiage was was handy for me to be able to use. And some of the, a lot of that stuff I'd stuck with me for until I still use it today. Yeah. And, and, but I had that, but I do go back to that specific note a lot because it's a lot of stuff and I forget it. So like, I go back to that specific note quite often and be like, okay, this, I got to talk about the C rip and whatever.
0: I don't, unless something triggers the memory, yeah. right? Like, if I'm watching film or something or even thinking about this coming year and, you know, I think about something or I see something, and I'm just it, it clicks in my brain like, oh, wait, I saw somebody talk about this or I saw this person talk about this. And then I go back and try to reference those notes. I should make a point to just like look over them once a summer.
1: So I'll just tell you what I did and then I'll ask you if you've ever done this. Like, So I, I just wanted some like different ideas, different perspectives on some things. And so I was looking up coaches that I don't necessarily like because I think I, you know, I think it's important to get all, all the perspectives. And I thought like, much like our Twitter feeds, if you will, you can, you can curate that to everything that you love, but like, I I will follow things that I don't like just to hear the other side of the story. So I, I went back through and what does the example that I'll give is like, I'm not a huge fan of Bobby Knight. I think he's probably a lunatic. Very clearly, he's, he was good at the job, but a lunatic. But I went back yeah. and like saw some archives of like him talking to clinics. And I didn't agree with a lot of the things that he said or even what he was teaching. But there were a couple things in there where I was like, this is a great way to approach teaching this. Yeah, I've never heard somebody else say before. Have you ever done anything like that?
0: I can't say that I've made myself look into or watch coaches that I don't like. That's really I, That's really interesting. I should, I should, you're right. I should do more of that because you get a different perspective.
1: It's, I just feel like it's not, you're not going to do it that, you know, people Not to, you're not going to look back into, into coaches you don't respect at all because they're <laughs> right. They have no, they, they can don't win games and things like that, but a well-respected, a well-respected coach. If I don't really like what they do, I'm I still, am interested to hear what they have to say. I just don't want to shut it out of my life entirely because it's like a resource that you're just going to cast aside that clearly works
0: or has worked. Like, I want to hear something, what they have to say. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we said before, right? Like, you can pick up something off of anybody. You can go watch, you know, a fourth and fifth grade practice and pick something up.
1: Over the years, what is the percentage of stuff that you've watched, read, or listened to that you take in and you think? This is good. I like this. I want to keep this in the memory banks, write it down, whatever, how much, what's percentage of that stuff goes in and then
0: leaves and is never thought about again. Oh, if I don't, well, especially if I don't write it down, it's gone. It's out. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I am, that's why I, you mentioned before I'm a write down guy. Yeah. Because if I don't, I, it's gone. I won't think about it. So you would think I'd be more of a digital person, right? Cause it's quicker and I I can all keep my stuff in one place. (laughs) Um, but there's, but to answer your question, like I, I, I don't know the percentage. I'm sure it's pretty high. <laughs> Gotta be high. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that, uh, or even just like sitting in that clinic, you know, uh, last weekend or two weeks ago, guys are talking and I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, uh, you know, they're continuing because they have an hour and 15 minutes, and I'm thinking about how can I use that last thing for us, yeah. or oh, I like that, and then how can I. Or, or like in the case of of uh, Coach Woodruff, it's like, oh, I really like that, but how can I tweak it mm-hmm. to what we do or what I want us to do? So, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a lot, and then I miss whatever he's talking about next. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's ninety percent uh, unfath, yeah, yeah, the the it's unfathomable. Um, but something, you know, there's, but it's probably the same thing. Like I said, like something will jog that memory. Right. Even if it's yeah. like in and out, I'll, then like it, something will happen. And I'll be like, well, wait a second. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, I saw this. This is how much, this is how much of a, a, a nerd I am. I played I played in a golf tournament this past weekend.
1: Yeah,
0: And uh, it was, uh, I was in a cart uh, with our good friend, Matthew. Yeah, And uh, there was another cart. Um, He's uh, the guy works in the, in the athletics department at St. Bonaventure's. And, uh, him and his buddy must've been talking about something and he turns and he goes, Gibbs, who, who's the dude that just got hired at Florida? And I was just like, oh, young dude used to be at San Francisco. Uh, uh I was like, last name's golden. <laughs> like, and Matthew's just like, how did you know that? I was like, I'm, I'm a loser. I don't, <laughs> I was like the only, I'm the only person other than people in Florida that would probably, or that actively coach in college that would know that. <laughs> This is I, I was do. just like, oh, it's I was like, it's the I was like, it's the young dude from San Francisco, last name Golden. And I was just like, I like him because he ran some of the European ball screen emotion that I was like, I stole a little bit from blah, blah, blah. And I it's just like, and, uh, as soon as I got done saying that, I was just like, man, I'm a nerd.
1: <laughs> it's OK to be. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. You want to get better. You got a nerd out.
0: Yeah. I was just like, why, why, why would I know that? Why would I know that? <laughs>
1: I'm glad to. I'm glad to have a friend that
0: knows these things. <laughs> there was another one too. He, I forget who it was, but he mentioned another case of like a co- coach going somewhere. Or, oh, he mentioned. Um, uh, what's uh, FDU? He mentioned, and they just—I was like, oh, they just got a new coach. It's Tobin Anderson, who used to be at Saint Thomas Aquinas, and he's just like you're a are He's like, you're ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I am a nerd. I am certainly a nerd.
1: I'm not going to hold it against you, buddy. Are you finding over the years that you're, are you loo- losing any steam?
0: Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I did. I'll say this when COVID happened, I did kind of like, cause you couldn't, there was just nothing to do. Right, like we couldn't work with our team at all. We weren't sure if we were going to have a season. So, like, yeah, I think to be honest with you, I think COVID was the first time in my life I was actually depressed, and it wasn't because of COVID. Yeah, it was because like there was just no basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm slowing down. I,
1: you don't I seem don't, like it. I'm just i just asking for you know, it's honest for an honest opinion, like it because it you've been doing you've been doing it, you've been the head guy for like seven years now, I think.
0: This will be my seventh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a grind.
0: Yeah. But the beautiful thing is there's always a new challenge. It's true. (laughs) Right. There's always, there's always a new team that you got to try to mold to be successful. And then you get every, you know, every year you get a group of new kids that you're just like, okay, how can I make you the best player?
1: Do you, do you, uh, do you ever struggle with your having to temper your own expectations for your team every year?
0: Uh, no. Cause I think I undersell my teams. You undersell. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I it, to, to myself, I mm-hmm. undersell my own team and I yep. tend to other people. I probably undersell my team, mm-hmm. which, so I guess my team always overachieves in my eyes, but I, th- at least I think I do that. I don't know. You've been, you've been on both sides now. Um,
1: I think you undersell a little bit, Yeah, but I, I can, yeah. I can, I can understand. I can understand where you're coming from. I, I found that I did struggle with like, I had to keep myself in check because I would have like an in like a renewed invigoration every year. Like oh, like because it's like then another challenge. Yeah, like I could see this happening and and like rose colored glasses. It I would have to like
0: temper <laughs> that for myself. No, I like to I like to, or at least I try to be a realist. Yeah, about things and about your team and your team skill set and the amount of work your team's put in and things like that. Um, so again, I, I, I just, I try to be a realist and if we, if we beat that expectation of being a realist, um, then it, it's even better, (laughs) you know? So I'd rather be, uh, you know, I'd rather sell short, um, and overachieve than be disappointed. Just, you know, despite maybe having a great year, right? Like you can, you can see things with rose colored glasses and still have a great year And be disappointed because your expectation was something so high. Like that's what I don't get. Like, you know, some high school teams might have an expectation of like it's state championship or bust, which could be fine for some teams, sure. Sure. But then you, you know, you might get to a situation where you are not going to appreciate that for years down the road as a player or a coach because you underachieved. That's probably it's probably the case with teams that can compete for state championships, though. I'm yet to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But also uh, something that like we all, we've all heard from time to time that really does. It really is true. If you can not focus so much on where you're wanting to go, but more about where like the process of getting there and find the value in the process, like enjoying the process. Yeah. It seems to just, it seems just to be better for everybody. Like your your, your expectations are more, more reasonable. Uh, You're more excited about when, when achievements do happen. Like if you have, if you set goals and then you come short, it's like everything along the way was worthless. Well, that doesn't seem right because it wasn't worthless. Right. Somebody, somebody got better at something. Somebody learned something like the process was fine.
0: Well, it's just constant growth, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's really the goal. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people dig into the process. I don't know if I do or not. I don't. I don't know. I used
1: to, I used to be like, like really heavy on the goal thing. I used to be like, we'll set a goal, a reasonable goal every year for ourselves. Like this is a reasonable goal. And then over time I just got to the, I just got to the realization. Like I didn't like that as a, as a thought process as much as like, let's enjoy how we get there. Let's, let's try to be the best every day at trying to get to that, to the end of the road, whatever the end of the road is. Let's try to make that the best. And it's uh, so simple, but I think it gets cast aside by everyone, including myself, all the time because it's hard not to set goals.
0: Yeah, it's actually the, fir- the first thing I have them do on the first day of practice. They set, right. uh, they set personal goals and team goals, reasonable and yeah. measurable. They're supposed to be, at least. Some yeah. guys don't. Uh, some guys have to go back to a vocabulary class. Right. <laughs> find out what reasonable and measurable means, but, uh, yeah, it's the very first thing we do. And actually I keep, uh, I think you asked me about them last time you were at my house. I keep those goals. Um, at the end of the year, I see if they achieve them or if they didn't, I love that you do
1: that by the way, (laughs) keep them. Well, no, that you revisit them. Oh yeah. Yeah. That you revisit them with them, that the goals, the goals that they
0: set out for themselves. I think that's, uh, that's so good. Yeah. I should do that. Now that I think about it, I should do that like at checkpoints through the year. Yeah. Right. Instead of like, cause right now there, since I've been there, I've done it. They set the goal the first day of practice. And then in the exit interview, yeah. I tell them whether they achieved it or not. But now that I think about it, it would probably make more sense to revisit them. I'll have some quarterly reviews. Yeah. It's just throughout, right? Like that, that makes sense because you can be maybe what's reasonable and measurable day one once you get into a game and maybe your role changes might not be reasonable and measurable as you go on or vice versa, maybe your goal is to average seven points a game and you come out of the gates and you're just on fire or something, you know, you're just playing super well all year and you're averaging 12. It's like, okay, well now let's try to get 13, 14. Right.
1: Right. 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 Let's, let's focus. Let's focus on, uh, on uh, five rebounds a game now. Cause you're already so equipped seven.
0: Right. So maybe that's a way to kind of mesh these two schools of thought. Right. Whereas like, you're talking about maybe not necessarily the goal or trying to meet that goal, but the process of getting better. Whereas I, I do enjoy having them set goals. I think that's good for them. So maybe having them set goals and then revisit them every so often is a good way to kind of mesh that. Right. Yeah. Are we, are we, are we gaining towards that goal? Do we, right. did we already achieve it? Do we have to reset it? Yeah. That's, that's a really good call on your part. That's why you're good at this job. This, this is, this is why, this is why this is great right here. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought about that without, you know, without Well, and all,
1: you know, also too, is like the, the idea of like revisiting, revisiting those goals you set for yourself is like when they, when they do graduate and they go and work for a company or work for wh- whatever they do, this is a, this is a good habit to get into is, is a quarterly review, if you will.
0: Yeah. Right? It, true.
1: it does happen in a lot of workplaces. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot of their part of their lives. Oh, and not something I wanted to ask you, something I wanted to tell you is okay. that uh, I was a little concerned with going from head job to volunteering. I was a little concerned that my interest would fall off a little bit because I wasn't in your seat. And the opposite has actually happened where like I'm more invigorated about like things that I wasn't that excited about before. And I figured out why I was talking to coach Westcott, uh, your, your assistant the other day. And I was like, dude, I I think I've found my role. It's when I find something that I like and that I do think could be valuable. I just throw it at coach Gibbons face (laughs) until he, until he addresses it and either says, I know, I don't like it or sure let's talk about it and i've because of that like kind of that that little change there where i'm like i found like this maybe is my role like doing this it's it hasn't slowed my my me down with how invested i am i'm almost more invested because i'm looking at so many things now like thinking like well this will this apply whereas before i was like we're trying to work out like lifting programs in the summertime or trying to put, trying to put drills together that, that, you know, that, that worked out well together. And I'm not doing
0: that anymore. It's like, you have way more freedom, right? Well, yeah. Which (laughs) is, yeah. Which is
1: part of the job, but like too much, maybe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's never too much. That's what, uh, I mean, that's, as an assistant, as an assistant coach, right. Uh, you are a professional suggester.
1: Well, another another th- reason I like it is because, like, if I find something that I do like and I bring it to the table and you, and you, and we we have a conversation about it, it speeds up the process of me figuring out whether whether or not I actually do like it or whether or not I, it will work. Be- <laughs> fair, because like if that were my own team and I found something that I like, I might talk to you about it. I might talk to s- s- some other coaches about it but I also may not. And if I don't, that means I'm going to go and try to apply it and see how I like it there. And yeah. that I, we, we skip that process. We hammer out, we hammer out the likes and dislikes early on, <laughs> right. you know, it like speeds the whole thing up. So it's like, it's like, uh, I'm taking in more quicker. It's I've, really I've really enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed this. Uh, working for you. It's been great.
0: I, I mean, likewise, I, uh, it, I brings, it. it brings, it uh, brings, it brings new ideas. Cause I'm, you know me, man. I get stuck in my ways, and it, it is hard to get me out of them. Um, yeah. So you've, you've brought some fresh ideas in and some different things that we've never done. And I think they're paying off. I really do. I told
1: Coach, I told Coach Westcott, I was like, he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be sick of me real soon. <laughs> <laughs> because i have been pestering him about like a couple things so hard that it's he he either has to say we're doing it we're not doing it but i'm going to continue to pester him and he's going to snap <laughs> <laughs>
0: i got a long fuse brother i found long, that out i got a long fuse i, I found long that out fuse. until i there will be a point though if i don't if i don't i will i will listen to everything yeah. that you come up with and yeah. give it its and give it its due diligence yeah uh but you'll know when it's it's not it <laughs> yeah that's the whole point yeah <laughs> yeah you I mean you'll know right away when it's not it when I'm not feeling it did you ever see and this is this is kind of like you you know you talk about rapid firing suggestions yeah i forget where i saw it or what the actual t- statistics were but it was the amount of decisions that basketball coaches have to make during a game oh <laughs> Was like, it was, I, I, this sticks out in my head and I could be getting this horrendously wrong, but it was on par with like a fighter jet pilot. Like not obviously yes. not like the, uh, the, you know, the weight of the decision, but sure. the amount of decisions it's a lot. that had to be made. Yeah. During a game is like, it's, it's astronomical. Um, And if you think about it, it's probably true. Cause I mean, you, I mean, from your time being the head guy like how many different things have run through your head yourself and then you have one two and you know luckily for me in the in this case last year i had three assistants barking ideas at me which we might have to streamline that somewhere (laughs) somewhere i might have to have have you guys pass them through somebody before they probably probably. um, but i mean think about that right like you're thinking in your head okay how many different things are going on and then you're getting suggestions whether we should do them or not the amount of decisions that you have to make as, as a basketball coach is, is incredible yeah I,
1: I liked um i really enjoyed when i would have a decision to make and then i would get stonewalled in my brain like overthinking about it but you can't yeah. you can't spend a lot of time thinking about it during a game you have to make it so i learned at the, at, the, at those points where i got stonewalled that's when I relied on an assistant. I would be like, "Here's what I'm thinking; these two things. What do you think?" And whatever they said, I would roll with, because I felt confident in. They were both coming from me to so just make you make the decision here, because I am taking too long to do it. Yeah. And the, but and then when when this when suggestions would come from the bench, um, I was almost too quick to yes or shut it down sometimes. Where I would like but you can't you can't let things simmer because like you said there's a, a million decisions that need to be made like like you you delegate a lot of your substitutions
0: that almost, that's, almost all of them
1: that is so helpful it's it, it's something you don't have to consider and it takes yes. up a lot of consideration this, that
0: that is that well that's been the biggest thing that's, I mean, that, that's been the biggest thing off my plate for, I mean, I mean, coach Westcott has done it now for probably this is going to be our seventh year. He's probably done it for five. Yeah. Um I mean, early on, early on, probably the first year, a little bit of the second year, it was, we kind of tag teamed it. I mean, he kind of, he kind of spearheaded it, but um he would check with me first. Now he doesn't necessarily have to check. Some He does run a lot by me. If it's a substitution that he is kind of out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he'll he'll quick run it by me. But I mean, he's he has he's he runs the substitutions. He has free reign. He understands the matches that I like, that I don't like, that we don't like, um, and what to do there. And you're right, it does, it frees me up to think about the game. Yeah. And, and what's happening and what's happening in the game, as opposed to thinking about lineups. Yeah, which is part of the game, but I mean, it's it's it it it's it's huge. It, it's become a lot easier, but it's funny too because I'll I'll and in this, in a different way that you would take two options to an assistant and have them make the decision. I will ask an assistant their thoughts, but I've already made the decision. <laughs> oh yeah yeah you ever done that? Like yeah. I, what it is, right? Like, it's just like, I, I, the, I already have my decision. I'll ask you your thoughts. And if you can change my mind in 10 seconds, then I'll, I'll probably come back on it. But I want to, I want to know if you have, if you see something that I'm not seeing, that's valuable for me not to make this decision.
1: Gotcha. That's it. That's smart. I like that move.
0: Yeah. So I, like, I, like I said, I've already, I've already got the decision that it's already made. We're, it's what it's probably, is what we're going to do unless you have something, you know, Defcon one
1: that yeah. we shouldn't
0: do it. Um, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not going to tell you that I've made the decision, sure. but I'd certainly want, you know, I want thoughts on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the coming together of ideas really has been so much fun for me this year, uh, the, over the last year and a half or whatever year.
0: Um,
1: It just makes the job so much more fun. Yeah.
0: When
1: you're coming together on on thoughts and decisions and and stuff like that,
0: I get more points of view.